BeatBeatsPlanet.com Hey, you are now tuned in. Uh, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, I present to you the Lady Ingle Show. To the sounds of DD, a fishbowl radio is better than TV. Get hot side on your mama and your granny so freely. Celebrities in trouble, they ain't getting no free fee. But soon as the trouble comes, we got Alan Bunn with the Minute Man's prayer. A story about a baby eating paper and the baby's mama on the run. To calm the drama down, you know we have a lot of fun. And last but not least, it's yours truly catching the ooze. They pass me. I'm ripping pink slip, that's my family. In case you didn't catch my name, it's Supreme. Now we the best show on the radio. So Tune in, let your man and let your lady know We move in, we the best show on the radio Yeah, we the best show on the radio Cause we say so
Good afternoon and welcome to another fine Tuesday. You tune in to the Fishbowl Radio Network and you're listening to the D.D. Ingram Show here every Tuesday from 5 to 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. Y'all know what I say. It's the number one show anywhere. Why? Because I said so. And that is all the information that you need. Man, we up in here. I think we got 75% of the crew. We're still waiting on L.A. to call in. Troy's in. He's not coaching today. He got a rare day off, man. What's going on? Man? <laughs> he, got a, he got a rare day off. And so he's up there. He's our producer today. Yes. And so also the lovely Mrs. Ingram is sitting beside me. How are you doing, sweetie? I'm doing well. And I'm here. We have two guests. Would you introduce our guests for All us? All right. We have today um, one of my longtime childhood friends. So I might be dating her a little bit. But <laughs> not a problem. Not a problem. <laughs> and I went to school with her husband, uh, elementary school, R.L. Thornton, which is not R.L. Thornton anymore. Oh. I was really surprised, but uh, we have the Rutledges. Uh, we have Dr. Zandra Rutledge, who's a, well, I'll let you tell them who you are, and and uh, we have Michael Rutledge. Okay, we'll get to that in a second. We're going to uh, do what we always do, and then we'll go forward from there. Man, y'all know how we start, so I, I listen, I put my glasses back on, man, so I can read. <laughs> right now. A lesson today comes from Matthew 5.43. Five verses forty three to forty four says you have heard that it you should you have heard it said you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy, but I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. And then it asks the question, you it gives a little story, then it asks the question, I'm gonna skip the story I I normally do, it says, How will you apply this verse today? Mm-hmm. The three choices are I will sacrificially serve someone who has wronged me. And number two is I will ask God to help me forgive the people who have hurt me. And number three is I will ask God to bless someone who has caused me pain. And I think I chose I will ask God to help me forgive the people who have hurt me. And what would you say, sweetie? Um, You know, when I read that earlier, none of that applied to me because I've forgiven everything with everyone. So I, I don't know. Let me see. It says, I will sacrificially serve someone who is wronging. I will ask God to help me forgive the people who have hurt me, and I will ask God to bless someone. Okay, I'll ask God to bless someone who's caused me pain. (laughs) (laughs) I would do the same. And that would be your choice. And what about you, sir? You know, to tell you the truth, I think I would choose all three. And a lot of times we we, we go to the – the one thing I say every week is all three of them are always excellent choices. And Mm -hmm. so – but. Every now and then, one particular one would stand out to me. But all, it's every week, they're all excellent choices. And so you can't go wrong with that. And so let us move on. says, by the way, for you guys out there wondering what I'm doing, I'm reading from the Bible app. It has a plan, a, a daily read. And so my wife and I do this every day. And then when we come in on Tuesday, I pick the one for that day. And every now and then, one throughout the week will kind of stand out to me a little more. Uh-huh. And I'll go back to that one. But I kind of like this one today because... A lot of times as we go through life, we find it very difficult, you know, to interact with people who have wronged us or hurt us or said mm-hmm. negative things about us. Yeah. And so this right here, this lesson is really pertinent to today's situation because, you know, was there, was there, I, I, don't, I can't do uh, addresses in the Bible, but Peter was trying to be boastful and said, you know, Jesus, how often shall I forgive my brother? Up to seven times? And Jesus said, no, not up to seven times, but 70 times seven. And not, that's a lot. Yeah, not, <laughs> not wanting us to do the math. <laughs> it was just, it was just a, uh, an illustration that you should have unlimited forgiveness. And so, yes. so that's why this kind of spoke to me today. Loving difficult people. 
Matthew 5, 7 is often referred to as the Sermon on the Mount, which is a series of teaching that Jesus gives near the beginning of his ministry. Most of what Jesus talks about is not necessarily new teaching, but rather reorientation of how Jewish people understood the Old Testament laws. The command to love your neighbor was a common one. It is easy to love people who are close to us. It is also easy to love those who are similar to us and even those who love us as well. But Jesus' command isn't just to love those who are easy to love. Jesus said we should also love our enemies. We should love the people who are least deserving of our love. He also says to pray for those who persecute us. This isn't a prayer for them to stay away, but rather a prayer for, for their good. We should be praying for, their, for, their salvation of the, for the salvation of those who intend us harm, asking that they would recognize their actions and turn to God. There are two clear reasons why we should love our enemies. This is how God treated us when we were enemies of God. He still showed love to us. He gave us breath and life, and he also sent Jesus to restore our relationship with him. Showing love to our enemies is a countercultural action that displays God's love for them. Romans 12 verses 20 to 21 tells us that when we love our enemies, we can overcome evil with good. Loving someone who is mean to us provides a way for God's love to reach those who are far away. Take a moment to consider some people in your life who are difficult to love. Begin by praying for them. Pray for their salvation if they're not Christians and pray for their well-being. Think of one or two ways you can show love to your enemy and share the the hope of Jesus Christ. Then it says, prayer, God, I forgive them, the people who have caused me pain, the people who have wronged me and betrayed me, I forgive them because you forgave me. Please bless those uh, people, Lord, Transfer, transform their lives and bless them like you have blessed me in Jesus' name, amen. And then, of course, it closes with the verse again. It says, you have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy, but I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. And this, man, this is going to really resonate with me because when I can think about people who I've hurt and then mm-hmm. people who have hurt me, you know, my, especially the way I grew up, I can hold a grudge forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, I mean? it runs in his family. <laughs> <laughs> and that's for real. I can hold it. Yeah, when, when you go, when you going to forget? Never. This is for never. For until you die, but as I as I begin to grow in Christ, you know, then I like I say, well, there's a verse in the Bible said in the uh, what is it the uh, Ten Commandments: Forgive those who are uh, forgive my trespasses as I forgive those who trespass against me. Mm-hmm. And growing up, it never really made that much sense to me until I heard a pastor preach on it. He says you need to re- reverse that, and you know, if you don't forgive, mm-hmm. then you won't receive forgiveness. Right. And I'm like, oh. And if I don't receive forgiveness, have I ever been forgiven by Christ at all? And I'm sitting up here claiming that I'm a Christian, but I'm, right. I'm holding all of these grudges. Mm-hmm. And so that really spoke to me. So I'm like, okay, I got to take it upon myself to do that. Yes, sir. So I want to uh, call out something Jay Clay said on the, uh, on, the, on the feed. He says, can there be a fourth option? Yeah. I realize no one can cause me pain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's good. You have to be a special person that Jay Clay is yeah, to get to that is, mind, yeah. that, that frame of mind because I, I haven't reached that point yet because if you harm me, initially I just want to, you know, I want to get right back at you. But, but like, let me tell you what that's right in line with. What's that? Right, shall right. prosper. That's it, true. Right. Even 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 though you know that to be true, as just just being the 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 fallen man that I am, I know all of that. You know, yeah. but it's a lot of things that you know, 
But when you put in a situation, yeah. even though you know it, you just act out of your human, your flesh. And so mm -hmm. I, I'm trying to get better about it, Brad. I, well, I, it's the more that, the more you practice that, the less that you will act out of that human flesh. Right. Because there's really no immediate reaction. It's a choice. It's right. an immediate Ooh. choice mm -hmm. that we make. But right. we say, oh, I snapped. But it's, you really didn't. Yeah. And then, no, no, I'm glad that you said that because my wife and I, anybody knows that my wife and I watch murder everything. Mm -hmm. You know, if it's about murder on, on, on ID the ID channel, on the ID channel, we watch it, right? And yeah. just this this past week, I just commented to my wife about how these people are, uh, men and women, are just snapping, and you know, they're just going off. And I said, immediately, you know, in the midst of them committing the crime, they just overcome by whatever anger or whatever it is immediately when the person that dies they go oh what have i done mm -hmm. you know i'm like mm -hmm. and i wonder why it took them going through that to get to the realization that oh man i done messed up big time you mm -hmm. knew but that it's overcome by emotion just like you say it's a choice you know, they could have, you know how they tell you, count to 10 or whatever. You know, mm -hmm. I, that really works, man. If you take the time to just go time on. Time out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Take the time out. That's yeah. Cool. But you know that, that our emotion, you know, you hear people talk about emotional roller coasters. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like once an emotion starts, right, it's really hard to stop it until it gets to the end of that energy. Right. Mm. That, that emotion has caused. So we really are sometimes on an emotional roller coaster, you know it, you, you, you raise up a little bit, then you you, you you peak, and then you hit that valley, and you peak and valley until right. all, sometimes until that energy right. has to go ahead and, and finish itself out. Mm -hmm. So if that's because when you're angry or upset or something, you know it's it's kind of like a um, a cycle. Mm. Know? I can hold it in. Oh, I'm steaming. I'm angry. I can feel this heat building in myself. Mm. Right. Then I'm gonna start talking to somebody, and then that's gonna amp me up a little. Oh bit yeah, more. according right. to who you're talking yeah, to. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, uh huh. Then I might use a certain type of language that's gonna amp me up a little. Right. Bit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Then I'm gonna put my hands. I just start pointing at people. And right. <laughs> and what? And then when that happens, you know, it's like you start letting that full extension of that energy out. Right. Mm -hmm. You're thinking with that small little piece at the back of your brain mm -hmm. that doesn't have anything to do with good decisions. Right. The front part is shut off. Right. Mm. Until you go ahead and get all that out, then you oh then then your thinking part comes back. Right. right. And the little bitty part that just logic all that in the energy front comes right. turns off. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, what have I done? Right. right. <laughs> I just when I'm watching these shows, it just it just. I'm just dumbfounded, man, because I'm like, it took a it took a while of watching it before it finally is uh I finally realized, oh man, immediately after the the act, you know, so much so that, you know, at first they they are denied a crime like the one we was watching mm -hmm. yesterday. The guy was denied, and and the, the the police knew that he did it. Yeah. And so they didn't accuse him of doing anything. They said, hey man, they did. They approached the brother, say you're a good dude. Yeah, you don't you don't want to see people get hurt. You know that that bothers you, and say whenever you do something wrong, it bothers you. So I can see it in your face, you know. Mm -hmm. So, when they, and they just kept on and say, say, I just feel like you just want to tell us something, and then yeah. he, he broke down. Go and ahead and get it thing, off man. your chest. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, but I wonder how how many times can you get someone to say something to you if you use that? Right. So what they used was let's use this positive thing. Hey, we're not against you because right. see, when you 
they he was looking for them to come and accuse him. Right. Mm-hmm. So he would know how to act if they came and accused him. Mm-hmm. But when you do something that you're not expecting, you're like, okay, wait Ca- a minute. You caught him off guard. Right. right. And, uh-huh. so they, and they used positive regard. So they were like, hey, you're a good guy. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody in his life probably saying, you are such an angry person. You're such this because you mm-hmm. did this. But... You're a good guy. You right. didn't really want to do all that. You're right. approaching that 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 empathy in that person, mm-hmm. and it's like, well, yeah, they believe in me. Oh, I really didn't, and now they're just gonna confess it all. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, it tell. Go ahead, tell everybody. Well, no, you all tell us who you are. Yes, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because yes. we we need to get this started. Right. You gonna start, baby? <laughs> My name is Dr. Zondra Rutledge. I am a licensed professional counselor supervisor. Uh-huh. So I also supervise counselors, new wow. counselors coming into the practice. Mm. Um, we together, and this is my husband, Michael Rutledge. Hey. Who is also a, a master's in counseling, but he is a certified um, coach and he's a minister. All licensed, right. ordained. And I love when she calls me a master. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, make him call me doctor. He says I have to call him master. Yeah. So, as long as you um, don't say master. <laughs> master. So we have been counseling together for 20, our son is 29, so about 27 years. Wow. Of some, we started in the church, and mm-hmm. um, we started because I, I, at eight years, at seven years, uh, my marriage is going awry. Mm-hmm. Probably because of him. My crown was straight. Right, right. Um, you That's know, your story. You're sticking with it. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> I was a big girl. Um, but it was going around. We were invited to a marriage enrichment. And um, it was supposed to be 13 weeks. and ended up being 18 months because, it, wow. because of us. Right. Wow. It was like, hey, let me tell you what this fool did. Oh, oh what? Mm-hmm. Because we were real about it. We wanted help. Right. right. And so after that. You tell them, you tell this part best. I tell this? Okay. Yes. <laughs> so after we, after we drew that thing out from weeks to months, I was like, wow, if we can have someone to kind of pour into our lives and kind of change our lives where they did mm-hmm. to help us really see where we were having so much trouble that we didn't even know about, you know, we were pointing fingers at each other and that we learned how to look at ourselves and kind of get ourselves in line with, you know, without pointing fingers at others. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what? I want to help people to be able to do the same thing. You know? Oh, that's great. You know, if we were like on the brink of destruction and God through those people brought us back to a good place. So like, I want to be able to make change, help people make changes in their lives as well. So that's kind of the foundation of how we even got started. I mean, that's very important. And my wife and I, you know, we got into a, uh, a real bad situation mm-hmm. a couple of years ago. and Some intense, some in- intense so, fellowship. But just you mentioned <laughs> having someone who could pour into you. Mm-hmm. And so we are part of a, a small uh, spiritual growth group. Yes, you And uh, here's a good, wonderful thing about the group. Like if I go to the fellas and say, my wife, yada, yada, yada. They're not going to hear nothing about what my wife got. Nope. They're going to open the book. What did you and do? They're going to say, what did you do? And despite you what your wife said, what does this word say? How are you supposed to respond? Yes. Then I can't. And the same thing with her. You know, mm-hmm. and she called her girls and like, yo, my husband's like, they're gone. And I love that about them because now I'm being held accountable. Because there are yes. people out there, like you, we were talking earlier about that. 
murder everything, and depending on who you talk to, you get amped up, right? right. Mm -hmm. That's because they feed it into you negatively. Right. Mm -hmm. right. You said they, if, if those same people who are getting you hyped up, okay, hey, bro, why don't you look at, uh, let's back up a little bit, man. Let's look at this thing, man. Let's, let's see if we can find out how you got to this point, you know, mm -hmm. that you're that you are at the point of doing something that's going to cost you your life and some other person in their life. They don't do that, man. Your girl there, well, if I were, how, how to, if that was if me, that were me. <laughs> yeah. And, so, and, and Lee, Lee, your husband, see if they don't be the first one trying to get them. Right, mm -hmm. right. So. I got to add it to this. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. And I, and I only want to add into this just because it's exactly how we started the show. You were talking about the quote that Jay Clay said, and I said, no weapon formed against me. And the point that he was making was you saying that nobody can do me harm. Because right. when you start thinking like that, even in a marriage, see, the, the thing is you start feeling attacked when you really can't be attacked. Right. And so when you start looking at your significant other and say, well, you know what? They cannot be attacking me. You can approach the situation from a different standpoint because you're realizing that there's no harm that can be done to you there. So that's how I see it. You can take that one with you. Yeah, we can Well, here's the thing. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm going to let you have it because I know what yeah, you're going to say. I, I like your stand on that. And, 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 and let me piggyback, you know. You know, the Bible tells us her soul so I know that I have to be conscious to protect her most fiercely from us I'm gonna respond, but I want to read what Journey V. Uh, she was, a, she was in her. Well, she's had, she wasn't a guest. Her brother was a guest. She's going to be a guest in the future. Shouts out, Journey. Powerful uh, sister, a vocalist. You know, uh, she trying to. We trying to get her to come back, and she where she said, "I was taught. I would say my mother always says there's a why to the root of the issue. Mm -hmm. It taught us to analyze before reaching to things, yeah. reacting to things people do." even in a relationship and uh you mentioned earlier about us pointing fingers you know and uh, of course what is it how does the adage go if you're pointing your finger you got three of them pointing back at you possibly four depending on how you point <laughs> <laughs> and uh many years ago that was something that that dawned on me just like because i'm going if it weren't for so-and-so if it weren't for so-and-so and then i just 
one day, man, I just said by in my quiet time, I'm going, what was my con- what was my contribution to what caused this issue? And my sons would tell you when they used to come to me, daddy, daddy, daddy. The first question I would ask was, what is your contribution? But that's a hard pill to swallow. It really is. It is because when something happens and we've had lots of couples that may come in and it's like, well, she did this. Well, he did that. Well, he's the one that cheated. Okay, but how did you contribute to that? I didn't make him cheat. Right. You didn't make him cheat. Decision for him. Right. right, but right. how did you set the atmosphere for him exactly. to make that decision? Right. So how did, how did you make it easy? Right. right. And that that right there is like how did I make him easy for him to cheat? I didn't do anything, but what were you doing? Or exactly. what did you that's not right. do? You weren't doing anything. Exactly. Exactly. That's the problem. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that's that hard pill to swallow when you when you confront that. Right. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of times when people I I hear Guys and women say, "I ain't gonna do this. I ain't gonna do that." Yeah. You know, you can't. You know, I you set me the way I am. You know, so that's the part of the problem. This is a growing thing. It's growing, man, because she comes with her idiosyncrasies. I come with mine. I come with some things that I need to let go of. She comes with some things that she need to let go of. But because of the way that we were brought up, we just want to hold on. And you know, I can't get rid of nothing. She can't get rid of nothing. I got to conform to you. You got to conform to me. That's not going to work. No, you know, but that's what we go back to. Um, this is a new entity. Mm-hmm. See, you came from your parents and what they did, and you came from yours and what your mom and daddy did and what your mom and daddy did. Not saying it was wrong, right. but it's not right for this new entity. Right. And so when it's like a new baby. So when a baby is born, we've got to clothe it, feed it, mm-hmm. nourish it, grow it. We can't do that. Mama may have done this. You know, Mama used to put the quarter on the navel and all that kind of stuff. And Mama said, do this. But see, that ain't right for my baby. Right. So what is this new entity? Right. What is needed for that? So you take some good, you take some bad. But the biggest thing is that we have to come together and make decisions on what do we want. Right. Well, my Mama did this. Your Mama ain't in this marriage. That's right. Well, my dad, your dad ain't in this marriage. Mm-hmm. So... This is where the new entity has to come about. But one major issue in a lot of couples' lives is their parents are still in their marriages. Uh, They should have never been in the marriage. Uh, That's the problem, though. I agree. I agree. The Bible says when a man finds a woman, he should leave and cleave. Cleave. But, okay, but the cleave. See, people don't look at that cleave because some people look at cleave means... We come together. No, 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 no. Cleave. Take a cleaver. Do y'all know what a cleaver is? Cut that thing off. And a cleaver, (laughs) when it starts chopping, it starts putting stuff together and melding it together. Right. Well, people don't think that's what cleave means. So that's why they don't understand that. Right. Right, right. I know. So sometimes we have have a couple interactions. I'll take, like, we used to take a little bullet, and I would, like, have some fruit out. And I'm saying, you might do like apples that aren't they good? Yeah, 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 yeah. All by themselves. You like strawberries? Yeah, they're good all by themselves. But then when you put them in that blender. Right. And you turn it on and those blades chop it all up. I was saying, now can you take the apples and the strawberries and whatever? Can you separate them? Right. No. Right. Because the blade has cleaved them all together. Right. And that's what marriage is supposed to be. You know, even that blade is important. In that mixer, right? Right. So in, in real life, God just uses dynamic situations. Anger. To work like Hate. that blade mm-hmm. to kind of stir us up a little mm-hmm. bit. 
but people take that stir up as well we, we need to separate but the stir up is trying to get us to come together because we need to change some things right about ourselves you know we need to allow ourselves to be kind of roughed up a little bit by each other because once we get that roughed up squared away mm-hmm. then we learn about this other person and we learn about ourselves as well right. and when we get to that learning part that's when we learn like, you know what I really do love this person more now because I found this out about them right. I love myself more because I found that I can accept her or him even through this type of situation so sometimes that cleaving action kind of makes us strong but no go ahead but the thing of it is with when we come together um i lost my thought (laughs) while you gather your thoughts (laughs) do you find that well i find like this when you i hurt her i hurt right Mm -hmm. because a lot of a lot of people don't think that way man because they like oh she'll be she'll be all right or he'll be all right you know no but when i hurt her i hurt me and i realized well i don't like feeling this way i know she certainly don't feel like feeling that way so in order for me to feel better i gotta fix this mm-hmm. you know i mean a lot of people don't don't think that way okay. and that's the thing the fixing mm-hmm. so we don't want to have conflict oh no we don't have conflict we don't argue so the thing of it is and i've said this so many times conflict to a marriage is like pain to your body mm-hmm. your pain in the body is saying hey something's, something's wrong, wrong. Right. you need to take care of me right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Conflict in a marriage says, hey, something's not right. We need to fix this. Mm-hmm. That's why conflict, there's not, nothing wrong with having conflict in your marriage. Because if you don't, then you're not living life together. Right. right. Or you lying. You're something's wrong. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was, I was going to say earlier when we were talking about how, okay, I, it sounds like we all think about marriage the same way. But I notice on social media you know Mm. they're teaching a totally different uh way that marriage should be you mean like the throuple yeah that's it throuple where you have like you're a married couple and y'all bring a third in Mm -hmm. and there are rules so yeah. how do y'all do y'all have you do y'all cancel? We have encountered that. I don't, okay. Oh, do we count younger people? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. And right now we have a group of young people that are between the ages what twenty thirty, mm-hmm. well twenty and twenty seven, twenty eight, something like that. Mm-hmm. So not the over thirties, but okay. the under thirties. Mm-hmm. These, these under thirties are getting their masters and they got these jobs and they're doing well and they're like, hey, let's get married. The over 30s, a lot of them were like, no, we don't need to get married. So, you know, but these, this, this, this era now, they're, mm-hmm. like, they're, they're like, hey, we can do this together. Right. I don't know if it's a business, you know, pro- um, proposition or not, mm-hmm. but I know that they're getting married and they're taking it seriously. Okay. And so the only thing is that some of them are, you know, just like some of every couple, mm-hmm. when you get married... You still got to come together. There's some things you got to sure. learn. And so they're having some hard times. So mm-hmm. then we get the phone call again. Right. You know, it's like, and we, we tell people when we counsel them, okay, if we do your pre-marriage counseling, you come back in about six months after you married so that we can do a check-in because mm-hmm. it's about that six months when you'd be like, did I really do this? Mm-hmm. And then check back in that year. So do some check-ins. That's the thing. Yeah. What you just said, that's, that was really interesting. I've never heard that. I've heard, I've heard of premarital counseling. 
but not the uh, review after the after the marriage. Man, that that would have probably helped us a lot. Man, we got the counseling. We did go to uh, you know we got the Christian counseling. We did got you, married. Did you get the counseling? Like today, we're gonna talk about how husband and wife and how you should be and this and that. Is that the kind of counseling a, a, a you got? A little bit of that, but it's more it's more biblical. And then they, they did some type of an assessment that said mm. whether we're compatible or not. And then, you know, they they went a little bit of through uh, the Song of Solomon and some some other things, man. So it was it was but pretty. It was as deep as it, it could have been, so, right? So right. when we do pre-marriage counseling, we you know we warn people first time. Okay. You come check us out the first time because right. you may not want to come back to us, right? Mm-hmm. We've had rings thrown back at the table. Oh, wow. We've had them given back because Michael's like, so-and-so, he a good dude. You a good dude guy, but he ain't the one for you. Right. We're not going to sugarcoat it right. because marriage is real. This is people's lives. Right. And so to come in here, we're going to come with the word. Don't My husband's going to bring that word. Right. But we come with the word, but that doesn't mean that this is going to be how you are. So... My husband is, we say, he's the coach, I'm the counselor. Right. So we do Christian and real life. Right. Okay. So because my thing is, he's going to tell you how, what the Bible said, and, and here's what most people do when we get the Bible. Mm-hmm. That don't apply to me. Exactly. That's not my life. So he then you got to come with street. He, he, he come with the word, <laughs> and I'm going to tell you how it's going to apply to you. Right, right. And we're going we gonna to mix all that together because marriage is real. Yeah. So are we going to argue? We've been married 35 years. Mm-hmm. We still argue. Right. Did we argue yesterday? Probably so. Yeah. <laughs> but it's okay because my husband gave me an assurance when we first got married. He said, I don't care how, how hard we argue or whatever, you ain't going nowhere, I ain't going nowhere. Right. And so that gave me that assurance that, yeah, this argument seems bad, but we're going fig- right. to fix it. Right. Yeah, it's not the end. Right. I mean, a lot of people don't realize how important, I'm saying this for you, how important your identity is, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. As a husband, you have to have a certain identity if you want your relationship to work. As a wife, you have to have a certain identity. Mm-hmm. You have to have, like, your own set of rules that you're governing yourself by, mm-hmm. right, if you want it to work. I mean, like, for instance, there is no way in the world I can see myself putting my hands on my wife. Right. There is no way I can do that. Right. Yeah. That's, there's no way I can see myself stepping out on my wife. Right. That's, and that's just that's just stuff that I have for myself. You know what I'm saying? That's your identity. Yeah, yeah, that's my identity. My, my, I have the identity of a of a man of God, number one. Mm-hmm. Then I have my identity as a protector. Okay. Then I have my identity. Part of my identity is a um protector, cultivator. Right. Right? And and to me those are the three that are most important because God gave me the not only the authority but the responsibility to make sure that I make a atmosphere or culture where Zandra as my wife can grow into what he designed her to be. Right. Right. He 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 didn't put me there to put my finger in her face all the time. He didn't put me there to, to downplay her or to insult her. That's not my thing. Right. So I'm here to be is that the yeah. you get it? Fishbowl Radio Network, D.D. Ingram Show, Who This Is. All right, now. <laughs> Y'all been working on this, Pete? Say, say something there, L.A.? 
Oh, it's L.A. Welcome, L.A. Can y'all hear me? I did, too. Hello? I know what he said. This thing got a short record. Hello? Say something. All right. Well, Hello? You know, what uh, you mentioned about never hitting your wife, right? One of the things that kind of broke me down many years ago when we got into a fight was it was like, it was intense, right? And so I stepped toward her, and she, she did like that. And I was like, why are you doing that? She said, I thought you were going to hit me. I'm like, oh, you don't ever have to worry about me hitting you. Yeah, see, I saw it at growing up, you mm-hmm. know, because mm-hmm. my daddy was, uh, uh, he was a fighter. You know, he fought my mother, so that's what you, that's what I expected, you know. But I, but then I also knew in my heart this would only happen one time because I'd have to go. So, yeah. That, that messed me up, man. I was like, you what? You thought what? Right. Yeah. Now, a little background history. I did hit a woman once before, many, many years ago, you know, and it was, uh, I was like, I regretted that, man. I was like, the crazy thing is when we got into the fight, then I turned to walk away. Uh, I don't know if she she called the police or my auntie called the police. Somebody did, right? So the police get there. I just know I'm getting handcuffed and I'm Somebody going to jail. Yeah. You know, because I'm like, they, the, the, but the, the girl was acting so crazy that the lady said, we normally take the guy down, no questions asked. Mm-hmm. But she said, I can see you're terribly distraught, you're remorseful, but I don't know what's going on with this chick right here. <laughs> they actually handcuffed her and took her down. Oh, wow. And wow. You, it's obvious I hit her. She, you know, and so I was like, I'm like, first thing, I was like, when she got out, she's like, I'm coming. No, you can't ever come back. Right. You can't ever. I, I don't never want to, you know, I, I set full responsibility for what I did. Mm-hmm. But what I'm not going to do is put myself in a situation where it can happen again. Because right. so, exactly. so. And that's she knew that history, but I'm like I've never done that was the first and only time ever in my mind. I remember my dad. I was wrestling a girl when I was a kid, man. I had the girl up on my head, <laughs> get ready to body slam her. <laughs> I was a kid. I ain't know no better. I I wrestling, you know. I knew how to wrestle. I'm doing a wrestling move. So my dad say, "What are you doing?" I said, "Of course, I had to stand there and answer nothing." And he said, "Put it down." And then uh, I put it down. He said. I don't ever want to see that again. He just turned around and walked back in the house. That right there let me know, don't put my hands on a woman, you know. And so that's always been my thing going forward. So, But when I got to that point, I was like, this relationship is over. Right. And uh, another side story, and then we'll get back to, you know, from that point until my kids were grown, she had, she had two missions in life. One was to get us back together as a couple. And if that wasn't going to happen, the other thing was to make my life miserable. Mm-hmm. And she did for over 20 years. Yeah, and she for, oh, she yeah. Just, yeah, she did. I so, hear you say you're not going to put your hands on a woman, but here's the, here's the other side of that coin. Women, don't put your hands on a man. Right. I remember one time I went to hit my husband, and he grabbed both of my hands. Right. He said, we're not doing this. Right. And it's... I never tried that again. I tell I tell women all the time, I say, look, if you happen to get one in and you hit him in the face, at that point, he, it's, it's a disconnect. Because yeah. when, you, when your hand hit his face, when your hand, your hand becomes a man, he, you become a man at that point. Yeah, you know, yeah. and, you know, and he going he to handle you like a man. I say, if you can bust him in the chest all day, he, he cool. But as soon as you hit that face, he, he draw a blank and you just became a man. Switch. <laughs> yeah. Switch. And, I, I have a question. Okay, now, uh, 
like with social media once again they are it seems that nowadays the women want to lead so what do y'all talk to your um premarital people uh camp your premarital couples about leadership yeah so one of the things is um let's use a pictures you know can show a thousand words mm-hmm. so one of the things we we did a, a lesson about um slow dancing okay. i mean um two-step right. what, what was it we're called taking this. swing out swing out, out. yeah that's so what we're doing in now. the swing out you can't do the dance unless there's a leader right mm-hmm. and there's a follower mm-hmm. so god created a leader and a follower mm-hmm. and here's the pretty thing about that so when you're doing your swing out you're not dragging her. You're not no, pulling her. You're guiding right. her. You're presenting her. Right. So the, the, the follower is not being dragged. It's like pre- being presented, mm-hmm. being cared for, right. being led. Mm-hmm. And so we use that whole thing in the different, um, the different moves to show how you are being cared for. So there's a leader and a following, and God did the same thing when he did man and woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and then, too, though, uh, <clears throat> a lot of us come with a whole lot of trauma. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Right? A whole lot of stuff that has messed us up. Yes. So it is pretty important for us as guys to help the, the young ladies understand you can trust me right. with yourself. Mm-hmm. Well, we got. We can't just give lip service. We have to live mm-hmm. with them in such a way that they can understand. You don't. Uh, you might be a boss out there. Mm-hmm. You know. You might have your own stuff. You might be a Fortune 500 manager, leader, whatever it is. That's cool. Do your thing. You know what? When I look at you, I know you win. I know we win. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I'm not gonna be intimidated. I'm not gonna feel bad about myself. I'm still gonna dig your style. That's how I see right. it, right? Mm-hmm. But I still am going to be the man when we come home, mm-hmm. right? You you still are going to have to deal with me in a certain way because I'm going to deal with you in a certain way. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, I'm not going to try to kill your God-given gift of leadership, mm-hmm. but we're going to work at this thing together, mm-hmm. right? Kind of like in the example Zondra said with the dance. I show you you can trust me with yourself mm-hmm. right? because I got to know the beat. Right. I got to know the music. Mm-hmm. I got to know the steps. Mm-hmm. And when you know that I know it, you don't have a problem with surrendering to my leadership. Right. Mm-hmm. right? And you know you looking good right. because of the way I'm leading you. Right. Mm-hmm. People looking at us and they're going, ooh, ooh they, they look that. good. They got it down. And all you do is smile mm-hmm. because of how I'm leading you, how I'm presenting you to everyone else in that room who's watching us. Right. So let me go back to your uh, initial example of the internet, the social media type. You know, she's a leader. Mm-hmm. She's a boss. Not a problem. She bossing. She doing her thing. Mm-hmm. She got her own entrepreneurship and all of these things. Mm-hmm. But that don't mean you come home and boss your husband. Right. He's not your employee. Right. He's not your worker. Now, here's the other thing. There are some bosses, some boss ladies out there, and they doing their thing, and I'm, I'm for it. Mm-hmm. And they come home. They don't want to lead when they get home. Right. But the husband is like, well, you know, 
whatever you want, whatever. No, he, he's like, she, she good, she doing it all. But then did she create an atmosphere that she needs him or she wants him? Because, mm-hmm. you know, some women like, I don't need you. I got this. I'm doing this. I want I, I want to add this in there too. Just um, <laughs> you know, I, I I've managed people for a big bulk of my life, right? You know, I was a manager at Chase Bank. I was a manager at um, I was a manager at Citigroup, and now you know I I run a brokerage, and I, and this is this is just not just a shout out to just the women specifically that we're talking about that promote that boss type mm-hmm. of attitude. This is just about anybody. If you ever led anybody, it, it's, 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 it feels funny to yell it to the mountains that I'm somebody's boss. Mm-hmm. It, it, it feels a certain type of way. And again, you have all the right in the world to do it because you are the boss. But whenever you do that, when you are, to me, again, this is only my definition, when you're a real leader of people, you, don't, you never want to have a condescending tone right. about who you are. Right. And so when I when I think about what y'all are talking about, these people that screaming, I'm a boss, I'm a boss. Are you really? You really not no boss. Yeah. And, and and again, I don't want to take nothing away from any accomplishments that anybody might have no. half of themselves. But when you're leading people, you don't tend to want to take that type of approach. Mm-hmm. So if you're taking that type of approach in public, how do you think it's going to make somebody feel behind closed doors? Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's you know, I think that's why. You know, these people specifically, whether man or female, have the, the situations and circumstances they have because they're not yelling what they want to. I Again, I'm, I, I'm a leader of a team. I'm a manager, right? Mm-hmm. And I am the boss. And I will say it sometimes, but more often than not, I always want to say good morning, team. Good morning, family. Exactly. You know, you, know, you want to say something that puts us all on equal ground because I want you to know that you are as important as me and Mm -hmm. to me that's and that's only me but that's how I see leaders or a real leader or a real boss acting and that's leadership one-on-one but too many people don't read that book yeah (laughs) (laughs) and if we go back to leadership it's servant leadership Mm-hmm. That's what the word says. Mm-hmm. So the servant leadership, I don't lord that over you. Yeah. It's like we've been married 35 years. I've always made more money than my husband. Mm-hmm. But does that mean he's not the leader of my household? Right. Does that mean I'm going to be, he's going to be subservient to me? No. Yeah. My husband is the leader of our household. He leads us, you know, the word, he leads us, he's the leader of the household. Mm-hmm. And that's just me. That's just us. Right. Maybe that's not your, your jam. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But if that's not your jam, that's fine. I hope you're doing well the way that whatever your base is, your faith base, your Buddha, whatever it is, right. if that can lead you where you guys come together and be together, right. good for you. Right. I think I mean, that's, I feel like is that's something that, People who are going to enter into a marriage relationship, you know, that's something that they really need to understand. You know, like regardless of whatever their spirituality, spirituality is, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. the fact is one was created first and then one was created to be a help me, right? right. And so. Ooh, let's get to that. <laughs> help me. So, I'm hold on to it till you finish. And yeah. uh, I, I'm just saying that, it, you know, people if more people realize that and would you know fulfill those roles man it's be a whole lot better world that we would be living in fulfill those roles 
gonna let you <laughs> help me. I'm a help me. Yes. Okay. That means I'm helping you. Mm-hmm. What am I helping if you ain't doing nothing? Mm-hmm. Mm, let's talk about that leader. Yeah, you know, right, you're, right. you're serving leaders. So if the leader ain't doing nothing, what am I helping? Right. You know, well, you supposed to be doing this, 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 this. What you doing? Sitting back right. with, with your feet up, with your beer, and watching TV. And mm-hmm. But I'm your helper. Right. But you ain't doing nothing. Right. Right. What am I helping you do if you're not doing anything? Let me read uh, Renee's uh, comments. She said, women like taking care of men these days. It used to be a time when a woman wouldn't let a man lay up. And then she also said, perception is reality. So when people say they are a boss, that's their perception. Jesus was a boss, and he said a good leader is the best servant. Mm-hmm. And then Journey said, yes, servant leadership. And then my mom said, a real leader says us and we. A boss says I. I. Yes. Hey, mama. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing. A lot of people, you know, when you get married, they say the two become one. You know, it's, it don't say... You're going to be Mr. and you're going to be Mrs. And y'all going to be have your own separate entity. No, you know, we're one, you know. So it's not supposed to be any difference between her and me as far as the uh, the unit of our marriage is concerned. Right. But a lot of people, you know, get married and say, I'm going to keep mine and you're going to keep yours. I'm going to keep my name. That's, right. that's where it starts. Right. And you've set the tone at that point. Right. I'm going to keep my name. Now, I know I had to keep my last name when I first got married because... At my job, and I traveled and stuff, this was the name they knew. Right. So I added his to the back. Right. But at some point, I'm like, I got to get rid of this. When I move companies, now we ain't doing that. This right. is my name. Right. And <clears throat> the funny thing is that my driver's license now has, what is it, his last name and dash my last name. Right. And we found out it's because somebody was um, Hispanic. Right. At the DMV. Oh, okay. <laughs> and they got four names. names. Yeah. Well, be, well yeah, because you always put the the mother and the father's <laughs> name right, on yeah, yeah. And so my son's last name, it, his his was like that. And I'm like, why is this? Right. Yeah. And I forgot exactly how it went. The, uh, the first name, then like the mother's. No, the father, the father's name, and then the mother's, mother's name, name is on then, the end of it. Right. So yeah, that's, that's kind of a strange thing. But you know, when we get married, man, it's we become one. And that's one of the things that I, I notice is like. I ain't going to say it's a new trend because it was happening back in the day, man, because people don't want to lose their identities. Exactly. You know, I was brought up in this family, you know, that's how I know the function. And so when we get, we're going to get married, but you gonna, we're going to get married. You're going to be Mr. Ingram and I'm going to be Miss Casey. That's how we're going to live our marriage. That's not the way it's supposed to be, no. man. So everybody's supposed to come under that one banner. You know, all of us going to be Ingrams so or we're not going to be, right? <laughs> And so, but uh, younger people, man, I don't know how, because I haven't dealt with a lot of young people. You guys do it. And one thing that you said that I thought was pretty interesting, I wanted to uh, know if you have a reason for why that is. The 30 people and under, they want to get married, they want to work together, they want to stay together. Above 30, 35, it's they just. It's those two gen- generations. So right. one is, what was it? Um, gen-, gen Z. The Gen Z is over 30. Right. And I forgot what this, I think, I don't know what this one is now. But it's a different mindset. And right. You see it. I mean, you know, when we were doing Gen Z, we used to make all those jokes about Gen Z. Right. And they were like, every Gen Z is not like that. No, you're not. Not everyone, but there's a whole bunch had that right. mindset. Right. And so here you have this. That's why we have these gens, because there's a whole nother mindset that comes in at each generation. 
Right. And so this generation, you know, about making their money. Okay, so our identity, my identity was growing up, you're going to go to school, you're going to go to school, you're going to go to college, and you're going to go work for somebody. Right. But their thing was, I ain't going to work for nobody, I'm going to make my own company. Right. Well, my, my identity, my parents told me you're supposed to work for somebody. They didn't tell me to create a company. Right. But these kids, and people thought they were crazy when they said, I just want to make millions. Right. And they're like, but you ain't done nothing. You ain't went to school. You ain't doing this. How are you going to make millions? Mm -hmm. But guess what? Some of them making millions. Well, think how wonderful it would have been, you know, if uh, the, the baby boomers, their generation had taught the, the baby boomers that mindset, mm -hmm. you know. And so because, like you just mentioned, my mindset was I wouldn't even go into college. I'm going to graduate high school. I'm going to get a blue-collar job. I'm going to work and die. Right. You know, right. and then somewhere along the lines, you know, somebody said, hey, man, you funny. <laughs> I said, you should try this thing. And so I, I, I transitioned in the car. I did finish my career, you know, as an aircraft assembly. But I think had I not gotten custody of my kids, I probably would have pursued it a little more. Mm -hmm. At that point, then I got, I'm responsible for two more human mm -hmm. beings beside myself. Right. When their mother had them, I could do whatever. But once I got them, I said, well, I got to make sure that they get through high school. And then at that point, when I retired, then I could kind of pick it back up. So that's kind of where I am now. Right. But I just think if somebody had to put in my head as a kid, you know, you're a funny young man. You ever thought about this? You know, you ever thought about using your talent to, you know, to bless other people? I ain't think, I was 30. So I want I want to throw some stuff. But I want to read what my mom said. So shout out to my mom Renee Cook and also her husband Brian Cook. Uh, it, shout out to Brian. He, uh, oh, she said uh, that is the problem. That is the problem. Just like in the Bible when Jesus told the man to leave all his earthly things and he couldn't. These days people can't follow because they can't leave the past behind. And then she said, "How are you gonna lead going to two di going two different directions?" Right. Um, and I, I want to touch on this. Uh, this gen, whatever, you know what I'm saying? And the reason why is because, uh, well, number one, I don't know which one I fall in. Um, I, You know, I hear people talking about it all the time, but I just be like, you know, okay, cool. But um, there is a difference. There is a difference in mindset. And it's also, uh, it's, it's two things here. It's um, what, what somebody was looking at, just like you were just saying, what if somebody would have, you know, put this in my head? Um, then it's also, you know, like somebody like me, like what I won't let go of, kind of like what my mom, uh, my mom is talking about. Um, I think, uh, you know, we thinking that things have to be a certain way. And, you know, just having kids myself, you know, I, I real so so number one, I am one of the people that actually was in corporate America for twelve years. I was a you know I was a manager leading people you know all of this time, uh, but something in me was tugging me. Not anybody you know, physically, but someone was like, man, what you working for these people for? You need to go start your own business. You need to you know get out of there. And at the at the point where I could have when I got a, a layoff notice, I my my boss really came to me and said, hey Troy. You know, we laying everybody off, but I can put you in another department. You're a manager over here. And you would make, you know, this amount of money. And I was like, eh, I think I'm going to go ahead and go start my own stuff. So, you know, I kind of moved my way out. Uh, but I think about my 12-year-old my, my, my I got now, right? And his mind is not anywhere thinking about working for anybody. Not at all. It, it's, not, it's not even nowhere close. So as he was little, he would always tell me look at these people playing games and stuff they making millions of dollars doing this and yeah. I, I there was a point where i was trapped mentally right because 
again, I had people telling me to go to school and get an education and work for somebody. And then in the middle of that, I was like, this this don't look right to me. I'm seeing people do this. Um, and, and, and part of the reason that happened was because I was in college with my friends the entire time. Right. And I didn't finish. And what happened was they went on to complete college and I was working a job and I was making the same amount of money as everybody when they got out of school. Mm -hmm. So there was a, 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 a click in my head that said, OK, you know, you got it's something something's not right. Right. And again, that doesn't mean that either way is right or wrong. I'm just telling you the way that it kind of came to me. So when I'm when I'm talking to my kids, I, I still had that old kind of mentality in me. But then I had that I, I, I kept remembering you don't know what's new. You don't you don't you don't understand what people are looking at today because you're still looking back. Right. And so I just kind of took the approach even with my own kids. Again, there's one rule that kind of applies no matter what to me. Hard work. So so like no matter which route you take, whether that's being a gamer or going to work or starting your own business. The work don't change. And so that's kind of the, the mentality that I have. And I think that's where there's a miss in some generations because some people, and I was talking to a kid the other day. I'm selling a house for his parents, right? And he's younger than me, so I'm 42. So he's in his 20s, right? And I'm talking to him like I talk to my son. And he's like, yeah, man, it's just a lot of different ways. And I was like, well, so where's the work at in it, right? And so I think that's where the disconnect is, where some of these people, they, 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 they're trying to go this other route, but nobody's instilling the work. So when you go back to the baby, bo baby boomers, if a baby boomer would have told you that you were a comedian, at that time, hopefully it clicked, but then you would have had that same old school work mentality like now, I have to grind this comedy like it's a, day, a, a nine to five. Right. And I think that's where, you know, there's a... a, a uh, a balance and uh, a tug and pull when it comes to the generations because the older generation just worked harder and that's just kind of how I see it and the newer generation trying to work smarter but they still have to imply working harder but nothing wrong with working smarter like the older generation needs to figure out how to work smarter and add that you know that that, that, that well, work ethic to but it but the problem is the older generation has one thing that a lot of the new generation doesn't have what's that fear yeah true that we were, true that we were we we lived our lives out of fear. That's our true. parents gave us the identity of fear. You fear the man. You fear, right. you know, these things. Well, you can't do that because you're going to fail. Yeah. It's like that fear. How many of us live our lives in fear? A lot of the new generation is not living in that fear. They're stepping out. And imagine that. So, and, 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 and I agree with you 100%. Now, imagine being able to have a mentality to step in something knowing that you can do it no matter what but still having the same work ethic. You get what I'm saying? Yes. And that's where, you know, that, that communication, like how to make that translate across the board is a crazy thing. But I, I'm 100% I'm with you. And the crazy part about the fear thing, when I, when, I, when I stopped working in corporate America, I decided to become a realtor. I'm a real estate broker today. And when I left out, in order to become a broker, you have to still work for somebody. You have to you still have to go through your apprentice time. Right, right. And so once I start going through the apprentice time, I had already changed my mind. Like I'm not working for anybody else anymore. Right. Yeah. And so my entire the entire time, my mentality was just get it so you can get out, get it so you can get out. And I was with Keller Williams. And this is a funny thing. Once I got my broker's license, I walked into Keller Williams and I told them, hey, I got my broker's license. I think I'm about to go ahead and, you know, start a brokerage. 
And the first thing that they tried to use against me was the past and was like, are you sure? Right. It's tough out there, man. Right. It, you know, it's going it, it, it's a lot of risk. You know what I mean? And they tried to bring the fear back because they know that's how we were programmed. Right, because that's how we control people. Go ahead. You know, say, uh, when my son Julian was uh, graduating high school, um, he, had, he only had one option. And I was like, son, you know, he had done everything he was supposed to do. He sought his college out. He um, uh, went to the summer programs. They accepted him there. Then they invited him to become their student. And I said, hey, man, what's your contingency plan going to be? He said, what are you talking about? <laughs> I said, and this is the house. Yeah, about. right, right. Yeah. I said, so what if you get there and then you, then, you know, it doesn't like work it. out? Yeah. You yeah. don't like it. He said, well, if I do that, then that means I didn't have faith in myself. Man. Wow. To make sure that my plan yes. worked. Yeah. And I was like, Ugh. Yeah. yeah. Like somebody stabbed me. Uh-huh. I'm about to do right. this exactly. regardless like I don't know what you think about me right. but I'm telling you what I'm doing exactly. and you know and, and I, I love again I love the mentality because to be fearless right you give yourself the ultimate opportunity yes. it doesn't mean that and, and and I think that's where the fear that's the it's a crazy it's a crazy psychological that thing is. because imagine this for you to tell somebody and again not saying you but anybody right you're telling somebody it's a chance that you won't make it right. like you're teaching somebody like and, and again I, I, know, I, I know the reason but like, isn't that what we do to each other right right we and, do that and to each thing, other oh y'all doing a radio show why would y'all do a radio show y'all not are yeah. y'all reaching anybody yeah, right. yeah. we gonna right. we gonna we gonna down you before we gonna put the doubt in you and the fear in you right. because that's what we used to. Yeah. But the thing of it is, Michael and I have been doing this marriage thing. We said twenty some years. We right. started out. You didn't have you know husband and wives. A lot of them doing this stuff. Right. But we didn't step out. We had a, we had a lot of dreams. We had a lot of ideas. Mm -hmm. But we didn't do it because we were fearful. Yeah. We were like, okay, well we'll wait until we get this. So we do this. Well, that didn't come because. Every t if there was always a fear, there was always something that was right. going to come. Here we are now, stepping out, doing this thing, not worried about. Well, the biggest thing is our identity. Right. You know, back when we were growing up, you weren't who you were unless somebody told you you were. Yeah. Right. So you couldn't be a counselor, or you couldn't be unless somebody told you you were that. Yeah. Right. Now it's like I am who I say I am. Yeah. Right. And you can get on board or don't. Right. Yeah. And so we, you know, back then we were waiting on people to give us permission mm -hmm. to counsel people to be, you know, out there saying we we can help you with your marriage. Right. We were waiting on somebody to t give us permission. Right. That, that that's how we were raised. <laughs> that was our identity. The, cra the craziest yeah. thing about it is, you know, funny, you know, I I'm not even going to get into the I am thing. And I'm pretty sure y'all, when you hear that I am, what you think about it in the Bible anyway. That's, you know, we made in his image, but I'm going to leave that right there. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, the funny thing is the power of the i am man is it, it go it, we just talked about this on my show uh this past weekend uh, um we were talking about you know all these years i was a coach right and um i became a coach just kind of let y'all know i became a coach because one day my kids were, you know i signed them up for the ymca and we got a, a, a message from uh from the y that said we don't have enough coaches so if you want your kid to play 
you know, it's, you got to sign up to coach. And I appreciate they sent this to everybody. And I was like, dang, I want them to play, so I became the coach. But I went like two or three years or four years saying, yeah, I coach kids, but I'm not a coach. Mm-hmm. Right? right, right. Yeah. And um, the funny part about it is, I acted like I wasn't a coach. Like, I was actually uh, going and coaching uh, practices and, and all of this stuff, right? And then one day it hit me, like, why am I saying that I'm not a coach when I, like, I actually am a coach? Mm-hmm. And the funny, the funniest thing is just show you how God worked anyway. I, I decided, like, it was li- literally intentional. I said, I'm going to start saying that I'm a coach. Like, I, I am a coach, right? Right, right? And the very next day, one of the parents Send me a, a long message, just unprompted, at, you know, for no reason. Like, hey, coach, um, we just want to, you know, thank you for coaching our kids. And we hope that you continue to coach because we want our kids to stay with you this whole time. And, you know, it was kind of reinforcing my, my mentality, right? And I just thought to myself, like, okay, cool. And then I, I looked a year later, and I just kind of looked by the, by the time, um, by me saying that I was a coach, the steps that I had taken after the fact. I started looking at more film. I started looking at like because I, I actually believed what I said I was. And that's one example. And then the second example was, and, and it just kind of show you how, how the world works. One of the things that I've always said that I wanted to do was be a motivational speaker, right? Okay. And I was talking to everybody. You know, you can ask my uncle, my auntie. I'm having all these groups. I'm talking everywhere. Every time I'm around somebody, I'm doing it. But I kept saying I was going to be. And one day, me and my, my boy, my good friend, Jay Clay, my brother, said, you know, we're just going to start saying this is what we are. We are, right? And uh, from that point, I literally started getting gigs to go speak at different places, right? And it was literally just by me claiming. And, and to your son's point, like, you cannot be something that you're not trying to be. You have to know that you can do that so that way you can walk because your inner energy transfers, right? And God will help people see your light if you're willing to be go out there and say, like, you're saying, I trust you all the way. I can be whatever I want to be. This is what I am today. And this is what I am tomorrow. And um, that, that I am, is, it has so much power that I just hate that fear just leads us all the way in that aspect a lot in a you lot know, of instances. I like what you're saying because here, let's let's bring this not just marriage, not just every but everyday life. Yeah. I am. If you believe, the problem is we don't believe because we believe what others say we yeah. are. Yeah. You have to believe who you are. If I'm if I say I'm depressed, how I think is how I feel, is how right. I will behave. Yeah. And so if I believe I'm depressed, if I think it, yep. I'm going to feel it, yep. and I'm going to behave that way. Yep. But if I believe that I am Dr. Zandra Rutledge, and I do marriage with my husband, we counsel. We, I tell people every day, I play with minds for a living. Right. <laughs> I believe this, and that's what I do. I go and I talk to people. I have patience, and I talk to people. But here's the thing. The average person in their self-esteem is not self-esteem. It's yep. other esteem. Yep. Right. Because you yep. told me I was ugly. Yeah. Then I take that with me. for the, I'll become the bully. Yeah. Because I right. say it over and over again. Right. So if we as a people would start believing, and whether you believe it or not, the more you say it, you will start to believe right. it. Because when you say it, your brain hears it. Right. And your brain will change what your eyes see and how you think and how you feel. Yeah. So if we want something, start saying that's what you are and believing it. 
Right. It will change, and like you said, you have to stand on that. Yeah, funny, funny, and um, I, I, I know I want to, I want to bring it back to the marriage, but I want to tell y'all one, one thing, right? I literally had a talk with my son this morning on my way to school, and why we had the talk, I, I, I don't have any clue. I don't know why, how we got there, um, but I, I gave him a set of rules because we talked about this on my show as well, where the reason why I can move the way that I move because I have a set of rules for myself, and that allows me to disregard anything else that anybody says and that, and, it, and even in marriage right that that also helps me to see when there's a uh, um, a disagreement or something that it doesn't really mean anything in a, in, a, in, a, in the grand scheme of things i can get past it i can move and try to you know rectify the situation but my rule is i'm a good husband i'm a good father i try to do my best for my family and my friends and so anything that anybody can say outside of that i always come back to those things no matter what it, it, it you know that's just my baseline so even as an example even if me and my wife gets in, get into an argument and she can you know she can go off on me or i can go off on her whatever the case be the rules apply so if i'm a good husband i'm a you know good sister, okay so this is this argument is not real right now this argument is emotions for both of us and so she's a good wife she, you know, she's, she's a good mother, and what I'm saying doesn't mean anything. And it's the same principles that I gave to my son. I was like, you know, what are you? You are a good son. You are a hard worker. You are a good brother. You are a leader. And so whenever somebody says something to you or try to define you as anything else, you just remember the rules. The rules don't change no matter what anybody says until you decide that they're different. And it, the proof is in the pudding. And I said, go and tell somebody something bad about me. Now, there's, and I told him, I was straight up with him. I said, there are some people that might say something bad about me. There's some people in this world that might say something bad about me. But those people can never say anything to the, to the people that I'm connected to. Because the rules don't change no matter who I'm around because it's who I am. And if you be that person all the time, it doesn't matter what anybody says because the people that matter will always stand up for where you are and they're going to see you exactly who you are. And, you know, speaking about fear, I, think I had uh, something I was trying to find, but I came. Can't, I know it's in Mark somewhere, and it's something that I think you know, I apply to myself because, truth be told, I still have fear to this day, man. And so, there was a a man who had a son had an issue, and uh, he asked Jesus to heal his son, and Jesus asked him, "Do you believe I can?" He said, "Yes, I believe you can." help my unbelief yes. and i thought that was a significant that was a powerful statement he's like i believe yes. you but somewhere inside of me may be a little bit of doubt i'm like 98.5 percent i need you to take away that 1.5 mm-hmm. so i can receive what i'm asking for and so i have to pray that over myself sometimes i believe i'm going to be one of the best comics ever i believe i'm going to be one of the best radio show hosts ever i believe you can help me be that help me help my unbelief because I know a lot of people will go, man, I ain't scared of nothing. Some, somewhere inside of you, you have that, that little bit. And so you're going to need help with that, man. If a lot of people will realize that, even this young generation right there that, that has no fear as we're seeing, somewhere inside them. But they're, mo- they're moving in they're spite moving of They're moving past their They're moving past it, right. Yes. yes. When, it, when our fear had us paralyzed. Mm-hmm. I want to read what uh, Renee said. She said, my husband always tells his kids to find God's purpose for their life, and that is where they will find their purpose. He always says, God is your source. Your job is just the pipe that the money comes through. Not all people have fear. Perfect love casts out fear. And then Journey said, 
I love hearing the confirmation of doing it even if you're afraid. Just jump. Jump. Mm-hmm. She said, y'all preaching now. <laughs> <laughs> that's like the, the uh, Nike thing. Just do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, to me, that's that means no fear. That's To me, that's what Nike meant when right. it said just do it. Do, yeah. Just, just do what you're gonna do. I think sometimes you can, and Troy he'll attest to this because uh, I, I do stand up. I've been doing it for a while, and then so uh, a question that people often ask me is, "Am uh, are you afraid before you walk up on the stage?" My answer is always yes. Yeah. And they say, "Well, how do you do it?" I say, "I got to push past the fear because yeah. if I let the fear stop me, I never tell a joke." I say, "I'm ter-, they talking about over the years you haven't gotten." I say, "I'm never." Because every audience is a different audience. I don't know what's out there. Mm-hmm. And so that that's what causes the fear. But I, even though I have it, I'm going to go out there and give them what I have, despite me being afraid. And then once I go out there and start doing it, the fear goes away. And then I feel I'm satisfied having not let the fear stop me. Because it can stop a lot of people. Yeah, it, fear, fear has stopped me most of my life. And now, 2024, I was saying, you know what? I've done a lot, and I don't even realize what I've done because I was always fearful. But 2024, I said, "I'm fear, forget that. I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna worry about what you think of me because what you think of you is me is is your business. What right. I think of me is my business. Right. And where we get into that fear is like as a as a comedian, if you're thinking about what they might think out there. Right. And so here's the biggest thing: we act like we're mind readers. She think, he think. If that comes out of your mouth, those are your thoughts. Right. Yeah, that's not so, their thoughts. You're not right. a mind reader. Yeah, and I, I'll go ahead. People uh, all the time. I have friends that say, "Well, she, uh, that person thinks I'm this or thinks I'm that." I said, "How do you know that? Did you, you don't? You didn't ask them, so you don't really Did know." Did you hear them say it? Exactly. And most of the time, no, they no, don't. They did. Mm-hmm. Look, I, I, I want to shout out to my dream team too. You know. Uh, you know, my, my team of realtors that I work with that, you know, have given me the opportunity to lead them and, and help them along the journey. But I, I'm going to say this again. I told you all I'm, I'm I'm two years into being a broker. And I told you from the time that I walked out the door at Keller Williams, they tried to fear me into staying. And I know why they wanted me to stay. You know, I was making the money. And ever since I walked out the door. So, number one. Them trying to scare me and, and, and actually putting fear into my heart is what made me move, just so y'all know. And I, I would tell y'all honestly, every single day, I'm afraid. Every day. But the beauty of it for me is I have an opportunity to win every day. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's the, that's the way that I am able to take my steps forward. And, and just kind of give you an example, like, a big part of my job is recruitment now, Right. And I know that I'm no Keller Williams. Now, I say that specifically so you can hear how I can lower myself in a word. I am no Keller Williams, so why would anybody ever join me? So, in saying that, every single time I reach out to somebody, I have to ask myself, what do I have to offer? And it's a hard thing for you to think about yourself when you're saying that I know I'm not Keller Williams. You get what I'm saying? So, you know... I'm, I'm, I'm proud of myself, and I, and I encourage anybody, whenever fear is at your door, every time you open it and you continue to walk forward, 
you a champion. And no matter what the results are, no matter who decides to join me, the simple fact that I tried should tell you everything. And, um, you know, like I said, I, I'm, I'm fearful every day. I don't know how it's going to turn out. And fortunately for me, as of, you know, two days ago, I made, I made you know, 10 people on my team. And, you know, I'm going to keep on pushing, but I'm also telling you that I'm looking at it from lenses, walking in fear, but I'm not afraid of it. Right. There you go, you know, and, and, and I'm, I'm going to say kudos. I'm, I'm snapping you. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and I'm going to say it's probably good that you are not that, what, Keller Williams. Keller Williams. Yeah. It's probably good that you're not because you're not limited by the same thing that yeah. Keller Williams is limited by. You yeah. God made you. Yeah. With your specific set of skills, with your specific set of beliefs and talents and gifts, so that you don't have to be Keller Williams. Right. You know, who, who says you aren't going to quickly surpass them? Right, okay. right. Who, who says you aren't going to blow up in such a way that make them be forgotten by people? Right. You know what I'm saying? Because right. of what you have to offer. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? There are people that you reach that they won't never have the opportunity to reach because they're not you. Right. Right. Appreciate you. Appreciate you, man. (laughs) Two things. One, you guys are the only husband and wife couple counselors I have ever met that I know of, you know, and so it's an honor to meet somebody that can come together as a team and do this and minister to people in the way that you guys do. We having fun. Okay. See, <laughs> that's good. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure when it, on the other side of it, they having some fun too after they go through all that beating. After y'all beat them up real good and they come <laughs> scrape them back and come out better. But Troy, you mentioned this and I'm pretty sure I've heard it uh, even earlier today. What are you bringing to the table? When you counsel, do y'all challenge each of them with that phrase? You know, because everybody going to how does the expression go? I'm gonna get all I can, can I get, can all I get, and sit on my can. You just want. It's all about me, me, me. Uh, it's a country singer died here recently, uh, Toby Keith. Toby Keith. And uh, he sing, He has this song. It's called, uh, the name of the song is "I Want to Talk About Me." And uh, he like he goes through this little tirade about you know all of the things he do with his girl and all of that. He say I like talking about you, 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 you usually, but every now and then I want to talk about me. Right. And so and that's the mindset of a lot of people when they go enter into marriages. Man, it's just all about me. And so when he said that, I was like, man, I'm I'm sure that you guys ministered to him. Say, look, it's not about you anymore. Yeah. You know, what are you bringing individually to the table that's going to benefit the other person? You know, I, I take manhood real seriously. Right. You know, I don't, I don't take it lightly at all. And so oftentimes, you know, like guys will look at me and they'll think I'm going to be in their corner just because <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be in their You know, but. You, but, you but understand, truth, brother. Yeah, I'm like, no, I don't <laughs> like understand. No, right. Because you're crazy. You know, right. I'll I, I say it in a hot second. But I really challenge men, you know, why should she trust herself with you? Right. What have you done? to earn her trust. Right. Oh, I go to work every day, blah, blah, blah. I say, well, let me ask you this question. By you telling me it's something special, that she should see you like as some kind of you know gift because you go to work. So you're telling me if you weren't with her, you wouldn't be working? Right. There's nothing special to right. her. Mm. Yeah, I work. I say, well, what does that show her? Exactly. That's, that, that's for you. Right. Yeah. So what are you doing specifically for her. Right. What are you doing to make her life better? What are you doing to add to her? You know what I'm saying? Right. But what are you doing to show her that there's nobody more important 
in your life than she is. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I got to ask her about that because I don't want to go to work. Everybody go to work. Right. You don't eat. You know, right. I, I used to have this Rottweiler. Uh-huh. Uh, you're talking about man, that's what I do. I say, okay, you know what? I got a Rottweiler. People been trying to breed my Rottweiler for years. So if I breed him out, he bringing a check home. Does that make him a man? Right. Mm. Right. How about that? <laughs> right. <laughs> he be bringing a check home. Right. So he must be the man now. Right. I bring man, a check home, but I ain't no man. Crazy. Now I'm asking real questions. That right. dog a man. Dog come on. Run around. Run around. Run around. And you know, when, when couples come to us, I love when they come in crisis and stuff, and they're like, you know, I'm like, okay, so what is the purpose of y'all being here? Well, we want to we wanna put our marriage back together. Really? Okay, so what are you willing to do? And I, I, we already, t- we, we tell each other, y'all going to lie to us when you first right, start talking. I'm right, going to tell you that right, now. Right. They'll be like, what? I'll, I'll, I'll let you know when you do it. Right. And we'll say, so what are you willing to do? I'm willing to do anything. Right. Okay. So then we start talking. They're like, I ain't doing that. But, but you, you just, just said. said. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wanna uh so LA LA has been on this whole time, y'all. Right. I, I don't know if we could actually hear it, but LA I wanna see if you want to jump in and see if we can hear you actually. Hello? See I can hear her a little bit. Let me try to let me try to speak up real quick. You say you got a short can you hear me now? Yeah, Say something, LA. Hello? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah alright. Yeah, you you wanna add to this LA? Um, I'm enjoying the conversation. Um, hi to the guests. Y'all are Hello. incredible. Everything y'all are saying. I'm in the background rooting. <laughs> <laughs> so I know that you are transforming relationships. So keep going. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that. Okay, I have a question. Um, when when couples come in, is one of the main problems unforgiveness yes definitely okay yes. trust trust unforgiveness okay. yes okay oh you gotta go up there he's getting ready to leave okay no that that was it it was one of that one of the main issues because uh people find it like like we started out the show uh find it hard to forgive people for their trespasses but you you want to be forgiven. So how do y'all work through that with a couple to, well, to get them to forgive or not? <laughs> Go ahead. So a lot of times when we're talking about, I don't want to forgive you, I'll ask the question, have you ever done something to somebody that you really didn't mean to and you really hurt them and you wanted them to forgive you? Mm-hmm. And people say, yeah, I'm like, but how did that feel? You, I mean, you were hurt because you're like, and I didn't mean to hurt them. Mm-hmm. You know that feeling, right? Yeah. So how is it when you stand in the same position they do and that person is begging you to forgive them and you're like, no, I'm not going to. Mm. How does that feel? You know how it feel, felt on the other side. So then why would you stand and do the same thing that you were hoping that they would do for you that you, you said, I'm not doing? Yeah. But infidelity would be a tough one. So... How do y'all? It kind of depends. Mm-hmm. Here's, here's, it does. Here's, here's why I say that. Um, if 
Zandra, if I were to find out right now mm-hmm. that Zandra was with somebody else, of course I would be enraged. My heart would be broken. I would yeah. be confused. He trying to I kill mean, me. Come on, let's tell the truth. Maybe, maybe him. Maybe <laughs> him. But I mean, I would just be in some really bad shape. But oh, yeah. The first thing I would do mm-hmm. would be question myself. Yeah. Question, really, I'm serious. It would be to question me. What did I do? To change the way she sees me. Mm-hmm. It's like, what did I stop doing that caused her to see me the same way she did when we was kids? Right. Was mm-hmm. What did I do or stop doing that caused her not to love me like she has been? And I'm going to do a whole lot of self-examination. Okay. You know, I'm going to do a lot of self-examination because she didn't get there. And one, she didn't get there overnight. Right. True. Mm-hmm. Number number two, there had to be someone who was in her ear more than I am. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? There, there had to be someone who was scratching some itches that I had stopped scratching. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm gonna look at me. Yeah. I mean, I might want to set somebody on fire. Watch them burn. Yeah. I'm gonna have to look at me. And that's but, and that's one of the things we do. We. We asked the couple to start self-reflecting. We talked about, you know, you had a part to play. That's a hard pill to swallow. Yeah. Because it's hard for you to turn and look at yourself because my spouse stepped out on me. Mm-hmm. I didn't do that. Why would he do that? Or she do that? Okay, but look at yourself. Let's yeah. go back to the mirror. Because when women or men are calling and say, you know, we need to come in because, let me tell you, she did this, she did that, or he did that. And the first thing I say is, so tell me what you did. How did you react? Mm. But how many people are open to that? Like, oh, they're not true self reflection. They're not because mm-hmm. you, you mean you want me to see myself? Exactly. You want they see me? You know, because see, you're gonna tell us, and they tell us what they want us to see. Because mm-hmm. we've had we've had a couple. I love when they come one and then the other one come because it's always two sides. There's always three sides to a story. Yeah, the Yours. their side. Her side, her side, his side, and, and the, the truth. truth. And you're not going to get the truth. <laughs> yeah. But you're going to get their perspective. Mm-hmm. And so they'll come and they'll tell you, you know, I was this and I didn't do this and they did this and they did that. But then when you start, when they, when the other one starts talking, it's like you start seeing, revealing the other person. Mm-hmm. But you don't want them to reveal you. Okay. So that's why a lot of times when you get counseling with just a husband or just a just a male uh, counselor or a female counselor, you just have one, mm-hmm. then somebody in that couple is going to be like, oh, they on your side. I don't even want to be here anymore. Mm. Or So you want to leave out of counseling. Well, see, with us, we don't have that. Yeah. Uh, just because your woman ain't rowing the boat with you. Right. right. And just because he's a man, he definitely don't understand what you're talking about. Because yeah. I right. love their son that say, brother, they'll get mad when I say something. They're mm-hmm. like, Brother, let me. Brother, you know what I'm talking about, and I'm like, no, he doesn't. Yeah, I want to talk to him. Yeah, yeah, I want to talk like, to no, him. And I'm like, like, go ahead. You speaking mm-hmm. a foreign language to me, brother? <laughs> I, I go back to when I was a kid, man. It always bothered me when guys would cheat on their women, man. And so that was a young thing. A, a young man's thing was conquest, right? And so mm. I would always challenge him with the uh, Johnny Taylor song, you know, "Who's Making Love to Your Old Lady <laughs> While You oh, Out yeah. Making Love," yeah. Yeah. and they. Would get mm-hmm. <laughs> they would get so mad at me, man. My woman ain't doing no. How you know? Because you spending too much time with these other women, mm-hmm. yeah. you know. And they would just get so mad at me, man. And uh, I was working at Six Flags one time. This this guy that I was working with, he was cheating on his girlfriend. So I went and told his. I didn't tell his girlfriend that he was cheating on her. 
I just said, go ask your, your boyfriend about so-and-so. And when she did, he spilled the beans because he thought I had told her. Mm-hmm. And he came back to me. He was mad. I was like, man, you told my girl. I said, no, you told her. you told her everything she needed to know i didn't tell her nothing you could have said who was so and so and she was like she she wouldn't have known yeah you know but yeah i I just that bothered me and so when i see people out there cheating you know i always wonder you know the person who is hurt never and it can go either way whether it's the man or the woman the person who is hurt never go well what what was the is our recurring theme what was my what was my part my part in that right Mm-hmm. And so we were trying to focus on the trust, right? Okay. Until we found out that the trust, it really wasn't a trust issue. Mm-hmm. It was a um, fidelity. It's infidelity. Yeah. Oh, okay. And, yeah. The, and the funny thing is, she said, is this is one I'm thinking, well, she said that he cheated. No. But Oh, not that one? Okay, go ahead. But that, 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 that one, too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we got so many. Right. Yeah. So, so uh, then it, the more we probed and the more we were asking questions, what we found out was mm. is that they were regularly swingers. Oh, oh man, that changed everything. Wow. Now, how do how do swingers have infidelity? There's exactly. rules because there are rules. And, oh, and, my and, goodness. And they told us that. Well, they told well, us well, there were rules. The rules. Right. <laughs> Wow. What? Yeah. But we can't judge that because yeah. how you live your life is live your life. Yeah. So talk to us about your rules and how it got broken. And so we treat it that way. Right. Mm. That be, that's got to be uh, really interesting. I, I performed at a, a couple of swingers gigs, mm-hmm. man. I just, it was, it was just the, <laughs> the strangest environment, yeah. man. Cause I'm just I went in with a, him one time. Yeah. I, like, I, <laughs> I'm just here to tell the jokes and get the check and get up out of here, man. But uh, I never stayed to watch the activities, man. Because it was one lady, man. Uh, I went to a show and she came up to me and I said, I'm sorry, man. We can't, you know, I'm married. I, it's not going to work out. And she said, Oh, I'm so sorry, man, because you are so handsome. And I was just like, Yeah, appreciate the compliment, but I'm fit to get this check. I'm going home. <laughs> <laughs> and so when you counsel people like that, I'm like, I would be kind of. So you got you, you wonder why you have an issue, right? Trust issue, right? Yeah. Where's the trust? Right. That's true. Oh, so the trust is I trust you to go and have sex with that one because I know I I told you you could have it with that one, mm-hmm. right? But then you're not supposed to have sex with that person when I'm not around and I don't know about it, right? But it's all outside the marriage. It's all outside right. the marriage, oh which gosh. is going to be there's going to be trust yeah. Yeah. issue. It's gonna be mistrust. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We watch a show called Love After Lockup, mm-hmm. and uh, there's this, this guy, Marcelino, 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 he married this, this lady, had got out of prison, and uh, she, when she was in prison, she started experimenting with women, right? So she said, I know I'm married, but I want my cake and eat it too, right? Just so she got out. So she was telling her husband that she wanted to have all of them to get together, and the husband was like, no, because in his head, that was a, a threat to his... You know, she was like saying, I'm not man enough. In, in his head, I'm like, I'm not man. So she just kept on badgering him. Finally. So finally he did it. But after that, it changed their whole relationship. And then him and the other lady started communicating. And then they started sleeping with each other. Now she mad at him. And she beat the other woman up. But she don't realize you the one 
that yeah, instigated. She introduced it to the marriage. And right. It, just, it ruined their marriage because they, they ended up getting a divorce. But it was like if you had never invited her in our bedroom, then none of this would have happened. We had that same thing where the, the wife introduced the third person. Right. And because she said that the husband cheated because he had been talking to her or whatever. But come to find out, the wife had slept with the other woman. So the husband never cheated. Right. Right. Wow. She's mad at the husband. Wow. <laughs> so it was kind of a little confusing. Right. Yeah. It but, sounds like. But it. again, we have to take her back to what part did you play? Yeah. What role did you right. play? Right. Exactly. So in any relationship, mm -hmm. it's not about the other person, it's about you. Right. Personal so, responsibility. Exactly. Yeah. And that's the most difficult mm -hmm. thing to get people to understand, man. Stop looking outside of you. To get the solution or the answer to the problem that you think is belongs to somebody else is you, mm -hmm. you know. So if we can get it, it's hard. It's a hard pill to swallow, you know, because everybody want to be perfect, you know. So <laughs> anything that go go wrong, I ain't do it. I ain't had nothing to do with that. Yeah. If they would have just listened to me, mm -hmm. you know, and then it's, it's always I hear people say that oh, if she would have just or he would have just listened to me, we wouldn't even be here. Mm -hmm. You know, well, one of listen to each other. Right, right. They're not. They, they won't listen. They won't even talk to each other. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Is to get someone in the relationship that's going to make life convenient for them. Mm. See, you, what, what, what you, because y'all are at odds, you're angry because she or he is not being a convenience for you. Mm. You're actually having to do some work. Right. Yeah. The relationship. Or, you know, you're, you're having to stretch who you are. Mm -hmm. you know, you're having to get a little broader, a little wider, a little taller, you know, right. because that person, nine times out of ten, if you chose them, they're going to have the exact thing that you despise. You know mm. what I'm saying? Sometimes. Right. Sometimes. It's like, I hate this. Well, when we were dating, I could overlook it. Right. Mm -hmm. And I thought I could change things. That's a problem. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. That change thing. Yeah. yeah. Change them. But now that we've been married for X many years, mm -hmm. I see they're not going to change, and they're not convenient for me. Wow. But some people, and I've heard of this more than once, that, okay, they're one person when you're dating, and then after you get married, they become who they really are. Mm -hmm. So how do you deal with that, that? Is that really, though? Because I don't, I don't think so. Because my husband thought that I changed once we got married. Mm -hmm. You can go ahead and tell the story, honey. You know, <laughs> it was Michael's world. <laughs> and mind you, we've been together since I was 15 and he was 16. I was yeah. his best friend. Mm -hmm. oh. And um, when we started dating, you know, I'm, I'm the best friend. And mm -hmm. I'm just like I told my daughter, I said, if a man has a best friend that's a female, that's not going to work for you, honey, because the best friend always going to get win and going to have precedence. Because she knows, <laughs> I know. Because that's he's untold the heart. You know, you tell mm -hmm. everything to your best friend. Right. Yeah, that's and how so, we were. <laughs> and so, but I never disrespected any of the women now. Mm -hmm. But, you know, anytime something happened, woo woo, what happened? Yeah. Right, right. Best uh, friend. Of course. Yeah. So, <laughs> Me being his best friend, so when we got, you know, here we are having a good old time. We best friends, mm -hmm. but then we get married, and he's like, you got wife stuff to do now. You supposed to do this. You ain't doing this. You ain't doing that. You ain't that. I'm like, and he's like, you done changed. Did I change, or did his mindset change? Right. Mm -hmm. And that's what happens with a lot of couples once, once we get married. Because that's why a lot of them say they don't want to get married because right. everything's fine the way it is. It's just right. this paper. 
But when you but get married, then it means everything. I don't care. But what then what changes? Is. I mean, you've been living like you married anyway. Mm-hmm. So even with the piece of paper, why do you have to change anything? Right. I mean, were you not doing something right? Mm. Or were you thinking, well, if I, I can leave anytime I want to because we ain't married. So, yeah, right. I think that's the mindset. It is yeah. the mindset. Yeah. yeah that, 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 like you said, that piece of paper. I have a, a, a young man that I, I was a friend of mine that I grew up with. And it's one of the saddest things ever, man. Him and his girl been together over 40 years, never married. I'm like, man, you, I, what a wonderful uh Monument to a biblical marriage. Yeah, if yeah, you would gotten married, married. you know, mm-hmm. then you going the paper means you doing what the paper said without the paper. Exactly. So you could have did it with the paper and been a great testimony mm-hmm. for you. So, but I was like, every time I think, I'm like, man. And then that, I think you're breeding children who have the same mindset. Yes. And and everybody's if not the, gonna if the children know that you're not married. Right. Well, that's true. There are some that haven't told their kids they weren't married. Yeah, you're right. Just assume that they were married. Then come to find out. So I work at, at, at a hospital, right? Mm-hmm. So I work mm-hmm. at a hospital as a chaplain. And there are so many times when um, someone passes away. Mm-hmm. And oh, that's, they yeah. have been living as if they were married. For exactly. however many years. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So then, uh, so we ask, one of the things that I do as a chaplain ask, so who is this person who's leaving next of kin? Right. Oh, I'm, I'm the wife. Now ask, do you have... Right. Mm-hmm. Well, no, we, we, we work for common law. Yeah. Mr. or Miss, I'm sorry, you don't have anything to say about that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, because legally, right. not connected That's to right. Or her. But we have so and so said, I wish I could help you. Right. People that don't know these people come in and make decisions for somebody you've been with all this time. Right. Exactly. Forty years, they don't even know what person takes an aspirin. Right. But yeah. now they, but they get to make the decision. Right. Exactly. That's why I said that piece of paper means everything, and, and it and it definitely does when it comes to your. Uh, in the hospital, something mm-hmm. happens to that person, a car accident. We know any of this stuff can happen. Right. Mm-hmm. You need to have something because if you don't, you have no say in the person you love. You said that you right. love. Mm-hmm. Now, they kids that don't like you. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Doing whatever. Put you out and, of the house. Right. and, and mm-hmm. we have a lot of that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've seen people lose. Twice I've seen an, 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 an older lady. She didn't have a job. She mm. didn't have a source of income. He passed. And the children despised her. Wow. You're getting out of this house yep. by Ain't nothing she can do about yeah, it. No, because, right. So to no those of you, right. know, those of you who think that that piece of paper means nothing, it, it means does. everything. Because if if let's say his mother is eighty something and he's, I'll say he's sixty and he passes. His 80-something-year-old mother is going to have to bury him because you don't have a say-so. Right. right. And so the only way to get around that is that you need to have a will. You need to have a power of attorney, mm-hmm. a power of medical attorney. You need, if you ain't got no, if you don't have that paper, right. you better get some kind of paper. Right. Mm-hmm. So if you don't have a wedding, wedding um, marriage license, mm-hmm. you better have some kind of power of attorney that says, I can make the decision for the person that I've been loving on for 40 years right. and ain't married to. Yeah. Right. And I mean, what what makes... Mm, I, I, I hope you can answer this. What would make a person live with someone for 40 years and never get married? 
whole bunch of things fear mm-hmm. um past um past hurts past traumas um Man, I can kind of go down the line. I mean, but 20 years in, okay, okay, I year still don't one. Trust you. I still don't trust you because you're still doing stuff After to another person. After year five? You're still doing some stuff that somebody else did. And oh so you're still paying goodness. for what Johnny over here did to me. Mm-hmm. You're still paying for it. Wow. But, ooh, I just, I just couldn't imagine. I was always the one that said I will never live with anybody. But here's the other thing. I'd rather have you than nobody. Mm. I don't care if you're beating on me. I don't care if you whatever. See, this is where when you have a, a domestic uh, violence, mm-hmm. people say, well, why won't she leave? Or why won't he leave? Mm-hmm. Because you want me to blow up the life that I know for the, for the life I don't know. Exactly. So I'm good with the devil I know instead of the devil I don't know. Ooh. So I know. Familiarity. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. I know when he comes in and he has that certain look, I know how to, to hold my arm this way to protect my right. kids over here. Yeah. And I know, okay, so once it's over, I can take it. So And I can protect mm. the kids. But if I leave, then I'm going to a shelter. Yeah. I'm going to where somebody can hurt us. I don't know what kind of job. I don't know how we're going to live. Anything. At least if I stay here, I got money to live. I have this. Right. I just have to put up with you know him beating on me. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. tough. The Forty years. Do y'all? Would y'all uh, mentioning those situations? I've been in two uh, abusive relationships where I was the one who was being abused, and I so I uh, physically and verbally. Yeah. So I I got to the point now. You know, I can, it took a while, but I can recognize it immediately, man, if someone has those tendencies. And so I I would tell people all the time, you know, like, one of my sons was dating this girl one time, like, now you you want to get away from this one quick. Mm -hmm. He said, how you know that? I said, trust me, I lost eight years of my life more you know going through what i'm trying to prevent you from going through i can recognize crazy right away i just <laughs> so i but in in counseling people that are in those situations how difficult is it to get the abused to recognize they're in a dangerous situation I say it's, it's been our experience in, in, a, in a few situations uh, to where they felt like, well, this is the best I can do. Mm. You know, they've been, even before they got to that abusive situation, they've been put down so hard. Yeah, so that verbal abuse is awful. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, or, I mean, bad or, you know, taken advantage of by so many people that their self-worth is so bad. Yeah. Uh, well, Count Alexander said earlier, well, I would rather have this than not have anything Right. Yeah. Right. And so mm-hmm. the direction that we have to take that is because it's not our right to tell you to leave anybody. Right. If you're being abused, that's not our right to tell you that. Do y'all have to report it, though? What, if it's a... If it's a physical abuse. No, because there's adults. Oh, okay. right. Okay. That's, they they have to report that. We haven't seen it. We're in the office. Right. Well, we haven't yeah. seen it happen. Okay. Right. You told us, but we haven't seen it. Now, if you're an elderly or mm-hmm. you're underage, yeah. yeah, we report that. Oh, okay. But okay. the thing of it is, is our job is to help you see you. Right. And your self-esteem and your worth and mm-hmm. all of these things. And so you have to make that decision if you want to live or will you live through it mm-hmm. you know 
it's all about you again counseling is about you looking in the mirror for you mm-hmm. it's not my my job to tell you and i love when people come and say but just tell me what to do no, no. clearly if i tell you then you're gonna come back and say see well, you they told t- my right. wife for mm-hmm. you to know mm-hmm. we won't be doing that right. and could put, possibly put you in danger oh they can yeah. because that's that's against the law for us yeah. to do that so my thing is who are you Right. Mm-hmm. Who do you see when you look in the mirror? Mm-hmm. Who do you? What do you feel about yourself? It's me helping you see you. Right. Yeah. Asking you those questions so that you self evaluate and are self aware mm-hmm. on who you are and what you want. Right. Mm-hmm. What's What's your value to yourself? What and is once your value? you re- exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Once you realize your value, then there are things that you won't put up with anymore. True. Yeah, so. True. You know, especially with mothers, sometimes you ask. You might ask this question: If your daughter. We're right where you are. Mm-hmm. What would you tell her? That's true. That's true. Oh, I, so she can't. She blah blah. She can't. Why can't you tell yourself? That's right. True. And I had a client just like that. Wow. Once mm-hmm. I turned it and said, "So if your daughter's in this, say, uh, uh-uh, I'm telling her she better talk to me." And she, I said, because she wouldn't tell her mother. This lady wouldn't tell her mother what right. was going on. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, so if your daughter. If that's happening to her, no, she going to tell me because I told her she needs to tell me. I said, so if she doesn't, how are you going to feel? Well, I'm going to feel like she didn't give me an opportunity to protect her. Well, that's well, how you What mother. makes you think your mother's not feeling that that's same Right. You true. know that you're not telling. Wow, so man. When I started turning around to the daughter and uh-huh. making you put yourself in the same position as your child. Right. And you talking about how and you're in the position of your mother. You're right. Like, oh, no, this. Okay, well, then what should you do now? That's wow. True. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, we have come to the end of the road, yeah. man. This is yeah. a fascinating yeah. conversation. I really enjoyed having you I guys. Thank did. y'all for taking time out of yeah. your schedules to come share with us, man. This is the second time you guys been in. It was just as good this time as it was the last time. Y'all don't yeah. understand well, how much joy. Tell everyone how they can reach you all. Um, you can reach us on our website, which is yourlifecca.com, which mm-hmm. is your life. Counseling Consulting Associates. Um, we have a the website. You can reach me. You can find my name, uh, Dr. Zondra Rutledge, on psychologytoday.com, and that will also lead you back to our website. Um, is that it? Yeah. Okay. All right, y'all. All right, L.A., you, you there? Yes, sir, I'm here. Okay, guess not. I do. I was. We y'all y'all what y'all do y'all Can give y'all a shout out the last time y'all was here because I, I I have everybody do it right. man so yeah so we'll you you follow my lead all okay. right okay. Uh, y'all know what I say each one reach one we'll double the size of the audience in just one week man uh, we don't take you guys for granted so we look forward to seeing you same time next week same black channel we're gonna have fun doing what we do we'll see you next year all right sweetie do your thing. Okay, thank you everyone for tuning in to the D.D. Ingram Show, heard every Tuesday here on Fishbowl Radio Network and Facebook Live. We appreciate each and every one of you, and we look forward to having you on next Tuesday. Thank you to our guests for joining us, and we look forward to having you all again. All right, Michael, it's your turn. I'll say, well, thank you guys for having us. You know, it's not often that I get to come out in public and play with my chicks, so <laughs> 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 it's, it's a joy. And then to share it with people whom we know, you know, people like like us. Right. Makes the, the sweet even sweeter. Right. Thank okay, Zandra. So I want to give a shout out to you guys for having us because that, that's a blessing that you even wanted us to come and share. Oh, and I yeah. definitely want to give a shout out to my husband because I love playing with this man. Yeah. <laughs> like we, play, we play in 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 private and in public. There you go, right. man. We enjoy 
because when we help couples mm-hmm. because we're in the we're in the trenches with them right because mm-hmm. we're married too we're yeah. still in this too it's a journey you don't arrive and That's so true. with us being in the, this is real for us and it we have to hold ourselves accountable we right. can't tell them something we won't do for ourselves so true and so right. we love doing what we do and i love doing it with you honey all right we're gonna head on out here man we'll see you guys next week i'm going out with lady caress my dear friend says it ain't easy y'all know it's not man <laughs> It ain't easy, it ain't easy Reminiscing how things used to be It ain't easy, it ain't easy Miss me It ain't easy, it ain't easy Reminiscing how things used to be It ain't easy, it ain't easy Miss me I remember the nights I'd miss you I would call on the phone but I couldn't get through And the times you would tell me you were going to work But then I'd see you out with some other skirt And I was hurt But still I stayed Because I thought eventually things would change But we couldn't pass go It was the same old game And you mad cause you on board But I ain't playing It ain't easy, it ain't easy Reminiscing how things used to be It ain't easy it ain't easy, miss me It ain't easy, it ain't easy Reminiscing how things used to be It ain't easy, it ain't easy, miss me I remember thinking things between us was cool But you was taking strippers to dinner and need a fast food Steady calling me names, disrespectful and rude But I chose to stay, I stayed with you I chose to put up with all of your mess I got the cold shoulder when all I wanted was caress And now you mad because you failed, you can't retake the test I will break up, can't make up, but I know it's for the best I see you sad, but guess what, that's alright Cause there was tears on my pillow every single night When our relationship was tight, I was the only one who'd fight So we're done, finito, lights out, Good night. we reached it and it's the beginning of the end And I'm serious when I say it's never to begin again I have nothing to say to cowards I don't need you as a friend The ball is in my court Sit back and watch me win It ain't easy, it ain't easy Reminiscing how things used to be It ain't easy, it ain't easy Miss me It ain't easy, it ain't easy Reminiscing how things used to be It ain't easy Ain't easy, miss me. Da 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 da